Good morning. It's uh, great to be together today. As Theo said, today I'm going to be continuing our series on our core values, which are here, presence, growth, community, ownership, confidence, and being outward-looking. So today I'm going to focus on being outward-looking, the way that we reach out to others and serve them with uh, hospitality. I wonder if you've got any great stories of absolutely brilliant or terrible hospitality. Um, I worked in restaurants and cafes, so I've got a few of my own, but there are two particular stories that I have that revolve around quite interesting hospitality, both involving frozen poultry, which is bizarre. Um, so the first one is one of the funniest stories. As a child, we were going up to Yorkshire to see my granddad, and w my parents put boxes on top of the roof of the car with all the Christmas presents and the Christmas dinner in, which included a frozen turkey. And we were driving down the A34, and at one point, I think a couple of these boxes flew off the car to the central reservation of the A34, and of course, my mum, being my mum, didn't want to um, leave the turkey behind. And so she crossed the A34, got this frozen turkey, and uh, packed it into the car, and we were on our way. It did have some gravel and skid marks in it. And um, when we arrived at my granddad's house, just to put it to context, he was a turkey farmer, so he did know about what a good turkey is like. And he said, oh, this is one of the best turkeys that I've ever eaten. We didn't tell him what had happened. And then another time when Ben and I had just arrived in Sheffield, someone invited us round for dinner and they decided to cook a roast dinner. What they didn't tell us was that they decided this at about five o'clock in the evening and they'd got out a frozen chicken from the freezer and they wanted dinner to be ready by seven. Now, you probably don't have to be a chef to realise you won't be able to safely defrost a chicken and roast it for guests in two hours. And so we ended up with baked beans on toast, which, to be honest, I was quite relieved about because I didn't want to have the raw and frozen chicken. But the fact is, with that story, for, for us, uh, it was amazing to be welcomed into a friendship group. We'd, be, we'd arrived in Sheffield after most of our peers had been at university. And so to be welcomed into uh, a, a friendship group like that, it didn't matter what we were eating. What mattered was the hospitality, the love, and being welcomed in as an outsider. And that's what we want to look at today, that we would be a church who are outward looking, who reach out to others, serving with love and hospitality. This value is the second half of our kind of go and make disciples values. So last week I spoke on confidence, the need for us to have confidence in the gospel, to speak out the word of who God is. That's really important to be taken along alongside being outward looking, which is more about us demonstrating with our actions uh, the love of God. So we want to take both together. If you haven't listened to last week's talk, do go back and listen to that. Now, um, you may remember that at the start of 2023, we did a series on Ephesians, and I spoke on Ephesians 2. 
and I talked about the divine hospitality of God, how much in the same way that Theo mentioned this morning in the passage he read, that we were far away from God, but in his divine hospitality, he reached out to us as outsiders and brought us close. I'm going to read from Ephesians 2. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Now most of us, unless we're Jews, we are, would be classed as Gentiles. We were outsiders. But God sent Jesus so that we could be brought into his family. Most of us were outsiders once and we have been brought into God's family. And so just in the same way that God's shown that hospitality to us, we want to show it to others. So how do we look out for outsiders? How are we outward looking? Well, there's two main ways that I want us to think about this. I put it in very simple terms. First of all, we want to let outsiders in. We want to let outsiders in. If we think back to the early church in Acts, the Holy Spirit had come and the church was born. Uh, the, the church lived these radical lives of hospitality, of community, uh, ownership, presence and growth. The Lord kept on adding to their numbers and they experienced this really radical growth. There were thousands within days. Uh, but it's not, before, it's not long before they start to experience growing pains. They have to think about how they're going to organize themselves. They're persecuted. And then there's the question of what do they do about outsiders? What do they do about Gentiles who want to join the church? What do they do? And so we read in Acts 15. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve the issue. At the meeting, meetings are long-standing in the church. They're 2,000 years old. After a long discussion, I'm sure the trustees know about that, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts and he confirmed and he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did us. He made no distinction between us and them for he cleansed their hearts through faith. And then it reads in Acts 15, verse 9. And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles 
who are turning to God. Alan Scott writes about this uh, in a really good way, which I think is what I would love us to adopt as a church. They were redrawing their relationship circle. They were making a commitment together for the sake of others. They were saying, whatever else we do, we need to stay open and we need to stay outward. Let's be inclusive and expansive with our lives. Let's keep hospitality and generosity at the core and let's avoid the tendency of drifting inward. Let's let outsiders in. We've been called to not make it difficult for people that are turning to God. We want to create environments that are warm and welcoming and open to people. Um, At Causeway Coast Vineyard, which was the church that Alan Scott used to lead, what they did at this time was they, they realized that they needed to examine every single part of their gathered church life and their scattered church life. And they asked the question, does this involve, does it invite, does it include people that are lost, that don't know Jesus? And if it didn't, then they they gave it a year for that ministry to run. They so radically wanted to make sure that the lost were welcome in as they gathered. Now, us as New Community Church, there's so many ways where we're really, really good at this, where we do welcome and include and create open, welcoming environments for people to be, to come in, to be welcomed in. Think about a warm space or community cafe, meeting point, fair share, all places where we provide a space for people to be welcomed in, to get to know the generosity of God in our spaces. It's so important to have these um, activities, projects, communities that provide a space for people to realize that they are welcomed into a family. As we shared last week, Christmas is coming up. It's not too far away. I'm not allowed to put the Christmas tree up yet. I have to wait till the 1st of December. But I'm excited and looking forward to that. And what we've just decided to make really intentionally, we want to be inviting our friends to the Christmas services that we have. And so we just want to make it really clear what those Christmas services uh, will be like. We'll be having a family nativity on Sunday the 10th. We'll be having Christmas carols on the 17th, which will be uh, simple, sophisticated, excellent, um, maybe a bit more grown up. And on the 21st, we'll be having a quiet Christmas, a quieter time to reflect. We want to orientate what we're doing so that we can invite and include others. This is how we want to start to orientate ourselves. It's why we decided to uh, reorientate our small groups and launch hubs. We, these, built, these hubs are built on the same values that we've been talking about. That's what our hub leader training was about. And part of it was that they need to be open and welcoming, which is why we open up, sign up twice a year. So there's an opportunity for new people to come in and join hubs. Just this week, I had an email from somebody who joined the church relatively recently and was looking for a place to belong, but there was no group that, that, that had space. And so we launched the 
hubs. And I just got a lovely email from them totally out of the blue this week saying how much they appreciated being welcomed in the community and the faith in the community that it encourages. It has really made a difference opening up to outsiders, letting other people in. But it does cost sometimes. It's going to cost us. Sometimes change and disruption, new people, it might feel a bit uncomfortable. Think about the parable of the lost coin. The lady has lost one of her coins and so she turns over her whole house in order to find the one coin that's lost. It was a lot of disruption but it was worth it and the joy that there was when she found that coin. Imagine if you have some people coming for a meal. You're probably going to act slightly different to how you would if you were just having dinner at home on your own. You may welcome them at the door. Just at Alpha on Wednesday, uh, for a moment I thought we've lost Dan and Ben. And then I realised that they were outside, not afraid of Storm Kieran, although I'm not sure what we needed to be afraid of. Um, And... They were there welcoming people at the front door, outside the front door. Come on in, put your coat up, have a drink. You may make sure that they can eat the right food. If they're vegetarian or gluten-free, you make sure the meal is around them. You're probably not going to be on the sofa in your pyjamas with a cup of tea. You make some adaptations, don't you, if people come over. And that's what we want to do as a church. Make sure we're welcoming to those that are new to church or new to faith or just exploring. Next week's our away day on Saturday. We've got people coming from our Shoaling Hub, from our Bitten Park Hub, from the International Hub. We've got new students coming. Let's be opening and welcoming. When it comes to uh, tea or lunchtime, sit with people you don't know. A quiz team, inviting people that you don't necessarily always spend time with. Look, offer to look after someone's child whilst they go to a seminar. There are all sorts of ways that we can look out for one another and include. I'd love us to be absolutely the most welcoming church in Southampton, that people would come here and say, even if they don't decide to say, stay, they were the most welcoming church. But even if we got there, we still wouldn't be doing everything that Jesus has asked us to. Yes, absolutely, we want to make space to let outsiders join us all the time. But we are a sent people. And as insiders, we need to go out. Jesus said, as he ascended to heaven, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these, these new disciples to obey All the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you till the very end of the age. We're told to go. We're sent. We need to get outside of this building. As insiders, we need to get out. God is ascending God. 
He sent Moses to Egypt. He sent the prophets to the Israelites. He sent Jesus to save us. He sent the early church to tell everybody about who he is. And he sends us into all sorts of different places across the city. We do this by speaking the gospel, which we talked about last week, but also demonstrating the gospel, doing what, what Jesus would do. In Matthew five sixteen, it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. This is the first time in Matthew where the term father is used for God, for, for his disciples. There's obviously something significant about us as God's children doing good deeds, doing good actions, being kind, showing love and joy and peace and serving. There's obviously a way that he's so proud of us as his children when we do good things, practical things. It really matters demonstrating the gospel, feeding the hungry, helping widows and the fatherless, befriending the lonely. In James it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and useless. As a church, we want to bring life and transformation to every area of Southampton and beyond, wherever we are. And that means getting outside of uh, Central Hall and going to the places where we're at. Absolutely, we do want it to be a busy centre of, of ideals with Christ at the centre. We do. But there are so many other places in the city that need the light of Jesus too. Um, Here's a bit, the yeah, there we go. This is a map of Southampton and the yellow dot is approximately where Central Hall is. There are so many places where you are, hospitals, schools, universities, estates, parks, shops. There are 247,300 people in Southampton, most of whom don't know Jesus. We can show them Jesus through our actions. Now, in some ways, we have uh, been doing this. So this is why we launched Transform Hubs. So uh, there's, there's, there's people that have got a real heart for specific areas that may be across the city. So we've got Sholing, we've got Bitten Park, we've got the International Hub, we've got uh, the Spanish-speaking Hub, we've got the Park Plus Hub and the Over 50s Hub, reaching out to specific people groups because they've got a heart for those areas to see Jesus' life and transformation. But each of us individually have a front line. A front line is a place where we're at, whether we're caring for a family member, whether it's our streets with our neighbours, whether it's school or a workplace or where we volunteer, 
we all have a place where we're connecting with people that don't know Jesus, a front line. I wonder what it looks like to shine the Father's light in those places. Well, first of all, I think it looks like serving. Jesus got down on his knees and washed his disciples' feet. It would have been dirty and smelly and not very pleasant. He came in humility. He came and did the little things that really made a difference. We can serve in small ways, providing warmth and food and community and love, just like in Warm Space or Community Cafe. But we can, we can do it individually as well, can't we? Buying food for a homeless person or volunteering in hope in interaction, making a meal for a neighbor. We can do this as church together or we can do it as individuals. It looks like generosity, not what I can take from the city, but what can I give back to the city? I love the community that I live in. I've lived in there most of my life. And um, I'm really, I feel really blessed that our children go to a school where there's a great school community. Um, but I really want to be able to give back to that sometimes. And so I've been able to go into the school and do various different things, one-to-one, after-school club, and I, in a couple of weeks, going and helping on a school trip, which is really inconvenient timing because it's in the run-up to Christmas and we're going to be super busy. But I thought to myself, I'm so surrounded and do so much in church, I just need to make a conscious effort to be generous with my time and do something outside of this context for me. It's about generosity with our time. Maybe it's being a governor or doing a litter pick or helping raising money wherever you are, something outside of the church context. It looks like partnering. We definitely don't know everything. There are many other churches and charities and nonprofit organizations that are out there doing amazing things. Maybe you're connected to one or want to get connected to one partner with them and help them in the good work that they're doing. It looks like the Holy Spirit. We often think that the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, um, and what God has placed inside of us is just for the two hours on a Sunday morning. But imagine if we used our spiritual gifts out in the world. If the apostles started influencing and transforming communities with the values of heaven, if prophets heard God's voice and found kingdom solutions in the workplace, if teachers used their gift to train others, pastors cultivating kingdom community, and evangelists calling out identity in individuals or whole workplaces. There are so many ways that we can get down on our knees and wash the feet of our city in really small practical ways or big influencing ways. We can shine God's light. I wonder, just for you, for a moment, what is the dream that God has put on your heart for Southampton? Or... What is God's heart for where you live or where you work or where you go to school or university? What do you see that breaks his heart? 
what do you think his heart of compassion would say for the people around you? Jesus has entered our story, not just so that we can attend church each week, but so that we can partner with him to bring life to wherever it is that we are at. And those things will be so varied, I can't name them all. Let us let the Father's light shine so that he can be seen for who he really is. A father that wants to redeem everything back to its original design, like I was talking about last week. That we would use our brains and ingenuity and gifts to see breakthrough in medicine, in education, in the government, hospitality, in marriages, in communities. Let's let our light shine as we serve and have compassion release peace and partner with the Holy Spirit. So as New Community Church, we are outward looking and we're showing it in so many ways and we want to continue to do that, to let outsiders in and get insiders out. As we gather, whether on a Sunday or in hubs or in homes, we want to consistently look to welcome the outsider offering love and hospitality. We will allow the disruption of our own comfort sometimes in order to allow the lost or the outsider to be welcomed in. We want to be welcoming to those that are new or on the edge, demonstrating Jesus' love to those that already know him and those that are yet to find him. And as we scatter, which is most of our week, we're sent to bring Jesus' light into all of the world. We serve uh, to release peace in our city. We are peace bringers. If you know the Holy Spirit, you have the Prince of Peace living inside you. Wherever you go, you bring peace. We want to see it through our hubs, our projects, and on our front lines. We want to be responsive to the needs around us as a church family, our neighborhoods, workplaces, local communities, overseas, believing that to love as Jesus' love requires us to get down on our knees and do the small things. So together, this is the last of our uh, values, or the sixth of our values. We prioritize God's presence. We grow as disciples. We build community, take ownership, and have confidence in the good news of Jesus. But we do all of that not for ourselves, not for self-fulfillment, although it will change us and transform us. But we do it because we want to see everything in this world, God's kingdom brought back in the center of everything. That's what we want to see. And so we just want to pray very simply the prayer that we want um, God's kingdom to come in our city. So I think as a way of response, it would be really good for us to have a think about our city. Have a think about where you are. Ask yourself, how can I be more inclusive as we gather, but also where has God put me where I can reach and serve people outside? And so uh, what I think would be great for us to do is to stand up.
and to physically turn outwards. Um, so that means not face me, to turn around 180 to the uh, various different directions. If you know where your location and community is, you could be very specific about it, but I'm not sure I can work that out. Okay. I just want you to think for a moment. Think about the place that you will be tomorrow morning, this time tomorrow morning. Whether it's caring for an elderly relative or at work or at university. Where is it that you'll be? What ways could you show God's love to the people around you? How could you bring peace? How could you serve? Okay, I'm going to pray and it would be great if we could lift our hands and pray for uh, this city. Lord God, I thank you that you have placed us in Southampton that you knew that New Community Church needed to be here to shine your light, to be a light here in St. Mary's in SO14, but also to be a light as we scatter across the city. Lord, I pray that you would break our heart for the things that break yours, that we would have compassion for our streets, for our families, for our friends, for our hospitals, for our schools, for our universities, our workplaces. Lord, I pray that you would break our heart for the things that make you sad and grieve you. I pray that you would show us how to serve. I pray that you would give us humility to get down on our knees and do the small things that are going to make a difference to see your kingdom come. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in Southampton as it is in heaven. We pray that you'd give us everything that we need, that you'd give us our daily bread. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us as we forgive those who have done wrong things against us. Lord, I pray that you would be with us for yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory in Southampton. Amen.